Oboe. I am excited today. Um, this is a very interesting discussion we're going to have. I have so many questions. My uh, guest today on uh, plant profits um, is Roberta Wilson. She is the co-founder of Dr. Norms. And uh, Dr. Norms is a cannabis edibles company based in the Los Angeles area. And the company, as I understand it, was formed to honor the healthcare professional parents that she and her siblings have and had. Her father, a physician in LA for over 30 years. Her mother was a pharmacist by profession, but a baker by passion. I love that. We're going to spend some time on that. I want you all to welcome to Plant Profits, Roberta Wilson, co-founder of Dr. Norms. Roberta, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Vern. You you did your homework. You got the story down. I got well. I think I got the story down, but you're gonna fine tune it during the during the uh, the show today. Okay. That's great. I, I'm was uh, very uh, because I've been exposed to your family a long time. How? So we have this in common. Yes, your brother. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, Dave Cause? My, my little shit famous brother. Your little shit famous brother, Dave Cause, smooth <laughs> jazz, saxophonist. Uh, no, my no. connection is that I love his music. I don't know him. But my okay. connection, I've loved his music forever. He's great. Wow. I, I played saxophone as a kid, <gasps> probably older than he is. But uh, I fell in love. I love the, sax the sound of the music, right? And... Um, uh, just appreciation of jazz and he personifies that so he does he is i think one of the most talented musicians on the planet and um, oh he is no doubt he he is he is a vessel through which a higher power uh, comes <laughs> that's what i tell him because the way he plays is just yeah. you know there's something bigger operating behind it oh my and, god uh, R R roberta did when he was a kid i mean did you were his his you were his big sister Big sister, yeah. Yeah, you're his big younger. sister. So uh, that had to be a little crazy, huh? You know, uh, he started playing in eighth grade in the band, you know, eighth in, grade? in uh, middle was, school. That was it, eighth grade. Yeah, he wasn't playing grade. like at three, four, five. Nope, yeah. nope, eighth grade. And he, <laughs> he found it and that was it. It took off from there. And um, he is not only the most talented musician, but the most uh, amazing man and person so what you oh. see is is what you get in real life with him. oh that's great but that goes yeah. back to your parents right yeah your parents yeah, they, were they did a hell of a job with the three of you you know um they they were it was an interesting sort of um way that they did it we're jewish you know yeah. and Jewish parents typically want their kids to go on and become doctors and lawyers yeah. and you know did you have that pressure was that real no. pressure being a, being, being a Jew? No, and, that's and parents so interesting. <laughs> Here they were yeah. medical professionals, right? Yeah. And we all went to college. That was that was sort of an understood thing. Absolutely. But then both of my brothers went on to be professional musicians, making their living that way. And they supported it every step of the way. And, you know, that was really unusual back then, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, that they... Yeah. They were so supportive of it. 
so yeah, they uh, they allowed my brothers and their talent to really flourish. Yeah, that is great. So give me an idea. I just paint a picture for me of being a being a, a child and growing up in in the house of your mother. What did that house smell like? <laughs> I love that you get right to that. Okay, yeah. so first of all. I was too young at the time to understand the magic that my mom had okay. between making us feel like she was home with us, yeah. but also she was a working professional, which was also very unusual in those days. Yes. So she was a part-time pharmacist. She was a part-time so and she, she part-time you and she, she was at home with you guys. Yes. Yeah. But when she was at home with us, she was all there. Uh -huh. When she was at work, she was all there, and she knew how to sort of divide and conquer that way so that everyone got their fullest, right. um, and and she made it seem seamless, you know? So that was, I didn't learn that really until I was much older and had kids of my own and was working. So oh, yeah. I saw that she had set that example. But every day, she would bake her legendary chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and the house became, you know, the house where everyone wanted to congregate. Right. And she brought these cookies with her everywhere she went. And that was how she showed her love to people. And um, it was really, again, it was one of those things you don't realize how incredibly special it is until way past it. And you realize not everybody was raised in that situation. So, so wait a minute. So every day? Maybe not every day, but, but most about, days. Most days. Yeah. Yeah. She was making those cookies. Yeah. It was just sort of second nature to her. And it was uh, just like what she did. Yeah, it's what yeah. she did. It was her signature. And the little bit of tidbit that my brother Dave will tell you is my mom took credit for really helping make Dave famous through those cookies. Because she would bring them to his meetings like at Capitol Records. <laughs> she oh, would she bring would. them Oh yeah. yeah. When he was on the Channel 5 yeah. News in the morning, she would show up with her cookies. And <laughs> she would send those cookies out to his mailing list at holiday time. So it was, she really, those cookies were powerful. They really, they became addicting, even though there was nothing in them. They became addicting. Yeah. And I really do think it was her magic that was coming through. She was something else. Oh, right? yeah. She was a did, did she openly take credit for his success? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she did, you know, of course, you know, account for his talent. His talent. But, uh, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. That's great. You know, we, we should eventually, we should do a show about your parents. I, I, I really, I found that quite interesting. And, um, but I, you, you, and now you partnered, actually, your other brother got you to do this. Well, it was a funny story because yeah. um, I came from corporate America, so I had no yeah. musical talent of my own, but I worked at MTV Networks for 21 years in right. sales and marketing. So I was right. corporate America, never yeah. baked a day in my life. But when my mom passed away, mm -hmm. I felt this, I, I was compelled to honor her legacy of spreading love through cookies. So I started a little cookie company out of my house called Audrey's Cookies. Audrey's Cookies. And, yes. Started out of your house. I and you did this house. because when your mom passed, you, you just wanted to honor her. I wanted to honor her. There was wow. a void in the universe for her cookies. Yeah, and, absolutely. and I was reeling because she was my little you know angel on earth. And I, <laughs> I didn't quite know where to channel my emotions. And I right. thought, well, 
how better to do it than to, you know, recreate what she was doing. So I just started this little company and before we knew it, um, we had a co-packer and we got uh, distribution in places we had no business getting distribution in. Wow. Costco, Whole Foods, Sprouts. How did you do that so fast? Seriously, how did you get Sprouts? It took a few years. Uh-huh. It was first. It was just selling on my website, I and mean, then okay. having to show up at my kids' bake sales, you know. Okay. And um, and so you were really uh, then, channeling your mother. You were really. Oh channeling. my God, she! I'm telling you, she was a force, and she was coming through me, and uh, and I was fearless because I was doing this. You know, it wasn't my first rodeo. I had already been through a whole career. Right. And I was fearless to go in and meet with these buyers, even though I'm up against the Pepperidge Farms and Nabisco's and you know all those huge companies spending millions of dollars. That's right. I thought, what have I got to lose? I got a good story and a great cookie. And um, so somehow we talked our way in. It took a few years, mm-hmm. um, but, but we talked our way in and we did that. And then all of a sudden in 2015, uh, Prop 64 went on the ballot That's in right. California. Yeah. And uh, that was to uh, legalize recreational cannabis here. And um, I jokingly said to my brother, Jeff, who uh, was still had his music production company, Uh, but was sort of helping me a little bit on the Audrey's cookies front on the marketing side. And I jokingly said to him, we should do weed cookies. And he said, Roberta, that's the best idea you've ever had. (laughs) And I said, no, I'm kidding. We (laughs) should not do weed cookies. (laughs) So you joked with your brother, Jeff, right? Yeah, you were joking. He said, we should do weed cookies. And and he loved the idea. So now you're trapped. Roberta, now you got to do it, right? So we... Uh, I said, look, I don't have the bandwidth right now. I'm so busy with Audrey's, but if you, yeah. you know, do some research, find out this is really viable, I'll come to a meeting and be all ears. And sure enough, that's what happened. There you go. And, and we all went, he actually took me to a meeting yeah. with some guys who are still in the business from Green Street Marketing. And uh, they talked for a couple hours about the benefits of the plant. My jaw was on the floor. I had no idea. My mm-hmm. my younger daughter, who's now 27, was a bit of a pothead in high school, mm-hmm. and she came out great. So I didn't have a negative <laughs> to stick to it. Well, you know, it sounds. Now you said she was a bit of a pothead in high school. Your daughter, right? Yes. But maybe it was normal. She was normal. Yes, maybe it was normal, Roberta. Normal. You know, it wasn't like she was a you know a dropout or something. She was normal, right. and um and I quickly got schooled on the medicinal benefits of the cannabis plant and okay. there was no looking back. So once no you understood back. the health and wellness benefit, it just sealed the deal. It yes. made it, it made it real. It made it viable. It made it something you could really uh, plug into. Yep. And in short order, um, Jeff shut down his music production company. He I shut, shut it down. down. It's, yep. Oh, and I shut down Audrey's Cookies, and we went all in. Well, you know what, Roberta? We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Dr. Norms, how it became Dr. Norms, and what you guys are doing and some of the challenges that you have and some of the successes you have in their business. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Roberta Wilson, co-founder of Dr. Norms. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Roberta Wilson. Roberta uh, is the co-founder of Dr. Norms, uh, and Dr. Norms is the key piece of a, of a great edibles company that she and her brother, Jeff Cause, co-founded. Roberta, so... Uh, you became all in once you really understood that you understood several things. You had a great product. Um, you had a partner, you knew your brother, uh, it was a wellness, uh, health medical opportunity for you guys to contribute. And, and that's so consistent. That piece of it is so consistent with the foundation of your family, right? Your, right. your dad's a doctor, right? Your mom is is a pharmacist who makes these great cookies um, and and heals folks in many, many ways that way. So so that's where we are. Prop 64 was passed. So what do you do next? Well, we, in short order, we yeah. uh, changed the name of the company from Audrey's Cookies to Dr. Yeah. Norm's yeah. and put our dad's picture on the packaging, um, which allowed us to channel the magic of both you know, yes. uh, yeah, you had and, your, your mom's baking yeah. and your dad and your dad's uh, met medicine. Yes. Healing. Yeah. Healing. And you know, yes. that was, that was doubling down on the magic and, um, and <laughs> yeah. And I, I really believe, you know, sometimes I, I feel like people are going to take me away in the white coats, but I really do believe from the bottom of my heart that yeah. our parents have propelled us to get through this last five years because this yeah. business, as I'm sure you know from many of your previous guests, is yes. nothing but one challenge after the next. It's a very challenging business. Yep. And so. our our uh, our beloved uh, government uh, regulators in this state have done nothing to really help us, but have really helped all of the illicit market. And um and so for oh, you to yeah. be able to stay in this business and. Yeah and continue to grow has been nothing but endless challenges. So I do believe our parents have really helped us. But what we had to do back then, so that was 2016, and right. Jeff and I, you know, we knew how to scale a cookie company, but we know, had no idea how to do it with cannabis. Yeah. And we did a lot of market research back then, and we came to know very quickly that there were two main things that we had to address. One was taste. How do we make this product actually taste good? Because at the time, anything That's you so tried, yeah. anything you tried tasted like you were biting into a joint, you know? No, you, you taste the weed all the time. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and this is, you know what, you, you and Jeff, what you're really doing, you, you created a consumer products company. You can't create exactly. a food company. And, and it's got to taste really good. It's got to look great because you taste with your eyes, right? I'm sure. You, you, it's got to look great and then, then it's got to taste great and it's got to be really good and good for you. And all those things happen, but if they don't try it and they don't buy it, you don't, they don't get you know, any you of the benefit, on, you know, you hit on something really important that yeah. I think we were the first edibles company to actually uh, in California yeah. to approach this like a consumer packaged products because we it's had a just CPG come company. from that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't know how to do it with cannabis, but we knew how to do it. We were the first to have an actual package that looked like it could be sold in Whole Foods. That's right. And and that, I think, gave us a lot of legitimacy out of the gate, um, along with the taste. So the taste was mm -hmm. one thing. And the other thing was the dosage. 
This was that's like difficult. a game of Russian roulette. Absolutely. How'd you get that right? How did you get that right that me, the consumer, can understand that if I take a half a cookie, it's X milligrams, and that's all I'm going to have is a half a cookie today, and I, and I can trust it. How did you get to that? Two ways. One okay. was we were the first to do these single bite size, single dose bite size yeah. cookies. Right. Everyone else had these huge things and... You know, there were 200 milligrams or 500 milligrams, and you had no idea in it where the THC was. So if you took a piece on this end or a piece on this end, you had no idea what you were going to get. So the size of the product was really critical, mm-hmm. as was the learning how to homogenize the THC so that it went through the entire batch of dough evenly. So that if you did taste it off this side of the cookie or that side of the cookie, it would be the same. Mm-hmm. And so it, it became our huge focal point, the taste and the dosing. And we lab tested way before we were required to by law so we could make sure we were on target. Because right. you, you, te- you don't lab test, you don't know if you're on target. That's um, right. And so we really, those were the two cardinal rules that we tried to adhere to. And as a result, over the course of the years, I think we've become known as the best tasting and the mm-hmm. most precisely consistent dose um, baked goods. So it, what you said is so true here. I'm The challenge of building brands, because that's what you're doing, you know, well, the other thing you had to focus on was the packaging. Yeah. Right? You had to focus on the packaging because people buy with their eyes, right? Exactly. So, and then there's so, uh, so many necessary stipulations and regulations on packaging cannabis related products how do you feel that went or is that ever evolving where are you guys on ever evolving that's a great way to say it we started with you know i think this sort of really homegrown um feel like you could see it on on the the shelves of whole foods but right um our dad's picture was right on the front and um and we had sort of muted colors um, and it looked very safe and medicinal and, and I think was where, right where we needed to be when we began. But a couple of years ago, we did a whole change of our packaging mm-hmm. um, and we went with more vibrant colors. We moved the picture of my dad to the back where we could put it right next to his story. Okay. Um, and we also sort of thought, you know, here we have this young white guy on the front of a bag and it could be not as appealing to the diverse group of people that we wanted to appeal to. So by moving him to the back and having people search out who he was, I think helped a lot, um, you know, to explain that he was our dad and he was a doctor and that's why he's here. And, and on the front of the bags, we had vibrant colors. And, um, and I think that that was sort of the next evolution. And now we have different product lines. We have cookies, we have brownies, we have rice crispy treats. We have nano emulsified, which is a Mm -hmm. rapid onset. And Mm -hmm. soon we're going to have a line of sleep products and each of the different categories of products have very unique packaging. So my dad's picture will always be there on the back with the story of the company. Our logo will always be the same, but then it's sort of a lot of different ways to present it. Uh, That's that. That's great. How have you found your, like your North star about your vision about what this company is going to become and then, you know, break it up in segments to make sure you get to there. What, how you guys go about that? 
That's such a great question. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's ever evolving. Mm -hmm. And I think our vision that, uh, you know, our North Star is to be the, uh, the household name for cannabis baked goods nationwide. Okay. So that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You guys are going to be the cannabis baked goods company for the country. Okay. That's the goal. That's the goal. And so how do you get there? You yeah. know, well, we started in California, which is probably the toughest state to try and oh, make your claim. No but doubt. in order to be successful here, it's required a lot of uh, being flexible, having your ear to the ground of what the consumers are sort of requesting mm -hmm. over time. Right. Knowing how to be... Um, really being able to pivot um, right. and not being really stuck in your lane that you don't see opportunities elsewhere. Um, and I think that's is what helped us the most being small and nimble. You know, we're, we are one of the very few cannabis companies in California that are not outside funded. Okay. And so we've been able to, to drive our own train the whole time. And so if we think of something that we want to do, we don't have to check with anyone else. We make a decision. So Going into brownies was huge. Going into Rice Krispies was even huger. We mm -hmm. were actually asked by one of our biggest uh, companies, MedMen, to do a line of Rice Krispies for them. And, um, and it is now our largest. We sell it you know, statewide mm -hmm. now, but um, that's our largest uh, revenue-generating category. What is and, the product? Um, what is the it's product? It's a line of Rice Krispie treats. Oh, so it's, nice. It's nice. fruity pebbles, original uh -huh. and chocolate. And, Rice and now we've gone into, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I think it's been, it's been, uh, allowing ourselves to, we knew that rapid onset was something yeah. that was important to people. So we created a small category of products for that. And we'll continue to do more because we've seen that there's a lot of success there. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah. it's really being open to what, what, customers are are interested in and being able to quickly pivot to do things well that's great i um i want to we're going to take a quick break roberta and when we come back i really want to dive into um the challenges and the opportunity mm -hmm. the things that are really exciting to you guys about this business that uh, you and your brother uh, Jeff created and I'm, I'm looking forward to that i'm Vern davis i am your host of plant Profits, Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Roberta Wilson, co-founder of Dr. Norms, and we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host. A plant Profits, and I thank you all for joining us today on Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today, Roberta Wilson, co-founder of Dr. Norms, and you've been listening to our podcast. You will know that she and her brother formed this great company. It's all about the love and, and, and really the efforts uh, that their parents uh, had in living their lives and bringing them up as, as children and making them adults and and all of the things that were they were passionate about is built into these uh, consumer products called Dr. Norms that are edibles of all different uh, types. And it started out with a cookie, which her mom 
made all the time and those cookies showed up everywhere and there the story goes and here we are roberta i'm glad to be with you and i want to continue our discussion here about uh building this brand and and what you see and how you i mean your mission is be the brand of edible cookies etc across uh the country and what are some of the hurdles you got to get over including uh the legal legislative uh laws the hurdles that are in your way that you got to cross over and what are you guys doing about it well the biggest one is yeah. that uh cannabis is still federally illegal yes so uh in order for us to really achieve that dream yeah. you know we really are counting on at some point someone coming to washington and and changing that story um, and really making it uh, legal. I think the two biggest challenges we face right now, one being based in California, mm -hmm. the, uh, the local regulators here um, have made it so hard for the retail dispensaries mm -hmm. to, to stay in business because so much of, that, of the, the money being spent on cannabis is still going to the illicit market. And the reason for that is because taxes are too damn high. So, you know, the, the dispensaries, the do good dispensaries that are trying to follow the law are getting, you know, hit way too hard. And so for someone that just wants to go get their medicine or get high or whatever it is, um, they don't want to pay that extra huge price tag that includes the taxes. So they'll go to their local illicit place and, and buy it. So until there's really a crackdown there, the biggest challenges in California are to hold on to your pricing you know the the retailers want only cheap cheap product now because they are not getting the the number of customers coming in that they used to and yeah. the price tags that those customers are willing to pay for product is less so that falls onto us as a brand so you know there's always going to be entries um, that come into the market that want to race pricing to the bottom and that just hurts all of us right so, and and the closer you get there you touch the illicit market and it and and your value proposition is so weakened. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. we can't we can't go there. Right. Um, so we have to find a way to keep our pricing so that we can continue to operate. Right. And, you know, as I said, we're not funded, so we operate on cash flow. So mm -hmm. if we were to cut our prices much lower, we're not gonna be able to do that and we're gonna go under. So a lot of companies over the last few years and over the next few years will have overspent and not figured out how to really strategically deploy their dollars right. so that they can stay in business. And it's a fine line between that and finding what the dispensaries are willing to pay. So, you know, you really do have to act like a, a brand and create a groundswell of interest and excitement and enthusiasm around your product so that the yeah. customers will want to buy it. But that so costs, that's the, that costs, costs money. money. That costs money to create that yep. groundswell. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is such a challenge because, to your point, you're spending cash flow. Yeah, and um, to okay. to have cash flow, you have to have price. So you got to really find yeah. innovative ways. We've we've um, made the decision to spend most of our marketing effort on marketing in the stores. Yeah. So running a buy one get one. Uh, mm -hmm. free type of mm -hmm. thing so that 
it doesn't necessarily cost us cash, but we can give free product for doing yeah. it. That tends to help us a lot more. And it drives interest in people to try product that they might otherwise not. So yeah. in times like this, thing. yeah, I yes. think you're right. In times like this, the close, if you're going to spend a dollar, you want to spend it as close as you can to the point of purchase, right? Exactly. That's what we've realized. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of companies that are spending a lot of money on billboards and yeah. out, you yeah. know, other kind of advertising. We just can't afford it. Right. So we don't. So you spend it in the store really, where the consumer is. Right. So the other really huge challenge to getting mm -hmm. us to our dream is to try and get into some other states. Yes. And um, we're really aggressively pursuing that now. We'd like to be able to do that as soon as possible. A lot of successful brands have crossed over state lines now. Mm -hmm. um, and as a baked goods company, and because we're in a, a non-federally legalized um, marketplace, the laws are different state by state, state by state. state. And we can't sell over state lines. No. So you have to literally either set up shop in another state or do a licensing deal with an existing operator in another state. Yeah. Figure out all the laws, figure out what products you can do, what you can't do, because there's certain things of shelf life that change or whatever right. products are allowed to be. It's really a challenge and, um, and one that no other businesses that I can think of have to deal with. Yeah, you know, it's quite interesting. In cannabis, the United States is not very united, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, At it's, all. Every state's its own country, basically. Literally. It's literally, literally its own country. So how are you going to do that? Is that, I mean, it sounds like I'm, it's very expensive to recreate your company 50 times. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's a so, no-go. It's a no-go. No you can't do yeah. it. So you, you'll have to do a licensing deal. We'll do licensing, yeah. yeah. And we've been talking to some really good, you know, if I had a nickel for everyone we've talked to over the last few years, I'd be wealthy. But um, in this game, it's you have to really be careful about who you want to align with. And um, mm -hmm. we've met some really good operators in some other states. We'll go slow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we'll maybe do one or two to start and put our resources there. But then, you know, it's a lot of training, a lot of quality control issues that we'll have to be able to monitor and um, and watch over from a distance. So we'll have yeah. to put a limited, you know, maybe one or two people in because we'll use their you employees, but we'll have to have some boots on the ground to, to watch. You, so, have, you yeah. have to, to make sure that it is exactly what you created out of your yeah. kitchen, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you have to do that. So that becomes an expense, but it's a better solution if you can find the right partner. Right, exactly. Right. So that that's where we're going to go. We're not going to try mm -hmm. and recreate the the whole operation because then you got to have real estate, you got to build a kitchen. Yeah. It's just it's way crazy. too much. It, yeah. Oh, it's 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 crazy. So um, that's well, then it you have to choose which states to go to first, right? And right, and why? And now I would imagine that comes down to how the the, the states are going to treat you, right? From a legislature. For sure perspective for sure and right. that we've learned that really quickly we were about yeah. to do a deal for nevada last yeah. year and um we got into the because we found a great partner but we got into the regulations and we realized why would we do this you know yeah. they have they have they're doing zero to help a baked goods company so if you're flower brand you yeah. got all the the runway in the world but so we, we quickly decided that shouldn't be our first. So now mm -hmm. um, we're very interested in Michigan. We're very interested in um, Massachusetts. Okay. We're interested in sort of the newer markets, uh -huh. you know, where there's not as where many Enlightenment, enlightenment yeah. has happened. 
Yeah. As they've opened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, what what about talent, people? Tell me about that journey. Well, um, being on a shoestring budget, um, <laughs> the, the only the only talent that we actually employ ourselves are our manufacturing crew. Okay. And um, and they're amazing. You know, they 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 feel the heart and soul, and yeah. they make it happen every day. And um, and they're worth their weight in gold because they're the ones that. Um, you know, every day it's something different we're making, whether it's our yeah. red velvet cookie or our pecan shortbread cookie or my mom's chocolate chip cookie or our Fruity Pebbles Rice Krispie Treat, which is our number yeah. one selling product. We can't even keep it in stock. The Rice Krispies and, uh, is, I, that makes sense. You know, it's quite funny. I was on a trip with my wife uh, this past week and um, she has introduced these Rice Krispie treats I used to eat when I was a kid to me. And I think they're amazing. They're great. You, you know, it's uh, in our case, it's uh -huh. taking an OG edible <laughs> it's and an making OG it taste edible. good. I like that. It's an OG. And making it taste good. Tastes good. good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we did the same with our brownie. You know, it used to be saran wrapped and God yes. knows what was in it. And it tasted right. like weed. And we now brought it to, you know, something that actually tastes delicious and gives you your medication. So, oh, that is great. That, yeah. That so is, that's one. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, I, I need to give uh, a lot of props to our partner. We, um, we manufacture out of uh, the Punch Edibles and Extracts facility. Um, okay. And uh, they're our distributor. And so um, they've been just an amazing home to us and partner to us. They own 20% of our company. Okay. And um, they've, their, their uh, structure has allowed us to flourish beautifully. Um, they became our partner two and a half years ago. Oh, that's and, great. Um, yeah. And that has allowed us to flourish in such a nice way by having access to their whole facility. They're our distributor, which means that we can, you know, sell statewide um from a logistic standpoint that helps so much and um that really took us to a new level when we started getting access to the bay area because prior to that we were really mostly southern california yeah okay no that's um that's very um very interesting how are yeah you know we got a couple minutes here and i, I want to really talk about how you see the future in cannabis and in edibles, I, I want to stay on the edible side because that's what you're in and that's what we're talking about. And to your point, it's different, right? It's different. States treat it differently than, than the flower. And so how, how do you see what you're doing? And, and, you know, you want other folks like you to be successful that legitimizes your offering, right? Absolutely. Right. So where's that going? You know, I think a lot of it is educating the the the, the regulators, you know, yeah. and explaining to them like you, there's no reason why you should be able to have a 2000 milligram tincture, which is a dropper, yeah. but only have a cap on 100 milligrams on an edible product. Um, and so it, it is a lot of education, I believe, mm -hmm. um, of those people. So, you know, the more there can be lobbying and education and and, and that. But I also think it's it's in our case, um, you know, we talk a lot. We distinguish ourselves. Gummies don't have nearly as many challenges as we do on the baked goods side. Um, okay. And you know, there's there's a lot. Of, first of all, it's much easier to make the product. Yeah. Uh, so it's much easier to go state by state and set up a little you know thing to be able to do that. 
Um, but the the on the baked goods side, it's a more delicate and complicated process, and you have mm-hmm. shelf life issues that you have to address. That's so, um, I mean, we've addressed those really well now. But you know, I think one of the things that we've really strive to do is help to differentiate the difference between a baked good and a gummy. Mm-hmm. And um, we call it a baked good advantage. And the fact that uh, THC needs to bind to a fat in order to give your body maximum bioavailability or absorption. Right. And gummies generally don't have fat, whereas everything we make has either butter or coconut oil, which are the two best soluble fats for THC to bind to to give that maximum bioavailability. And when you have that, it leads to greater potency and a longer duration of effect. So for people, the two biggest reasons people of all ages go to cannabis is to help pain and get sleep, you know, mm-hmm. relief with sleep. Absolutely. And yeah. so for because everything we make has the enhanced absorption bioavailability because of the fat. Right. Anybody coming into a dispensary looking to get help with pain relief extended over time or sleeping through the night should buy a baked good. And um, it's something like that, that we're trying to educate every bud tender at every store we're in <laughs> on that you know, premise because we have little QR codes on all of our packaging to show um, customers this is science. This is not marketing. This is science. Right. And, um, and if you actually look at that science, you're gonna you're gonna do much better in terms of managing your pain or your sleep, whatever you're trying to go for. So that's a really big goal for us is education about yeah. what baked goods can offer. How do you do it though? How do you get the educa- how do you get the information out to a consumer? Well, believe it or not, my brother and I spend a huge amount of our time going and doing what we call staff trainings at these dispensaries. Okay. And we go ourselves. Okay. You know, we, we go so that they can really feel and touch and experience the passion and the knowledge behind it. Right. And what happens is we, you know, the light bulbs go on and then they are our conduit to the customer. Yes. And they then tout all of that to the customer. And we see a tangible impact on our sales in these stores once we've been in there and done these trainings. Oh, so I bet. How, long, really does the, how long does the curve last, though? You know, who, who, well, it, you got to do it often. You can't okay. go in there once okay. and expect that that's going to last for a year because the turnover at these shops is incredibly high. Right. So you really have to, you know, make it. I mean, for us, it's a huge part of our jobs to budge under education. Right. And we'll find ourselves out there doing it very often. And, you know, of course, you focus on the shops that have your biggest upside potential right. um, to go very frequently. But, um, you know, it, there really is. And now there's companies popping up, technology companies popping up that are allowing this to happen more digitally um, mm-hmm. with these sort of education and prizing done for mm-hmm. uh, training the bud tenders, which is brilliant, you know, brilliant because every brand should be trying to take advantage of that. You got it. Wow, I totally agree. And uh, you guys have done an amazing, amazing job. Is there anything new that we should know about? You can make news on my show. I love making news on my show now. Okay, let's make news. Make some news, Um, Roberta. Let's make news. We are actually, I think this is one of the most exciting um, new 
uh, you know, as I said earlier on, one of the, the, the big ways to remain um, relevant and mm-hmm. continued success on the brand side is to continue to innovate and expand your line or, or hone in your line or figure out where, where you need to go while staying in your lane. Um, you know, we're not going to ever mm-hmm. be a flower brand. Right. Um, but what we have uh, decided to do going forward, uh, not going forward, but in addition to what we're doing, is launch a line exclusively devoted to sleep. And it's called oh. Sleep Well. And sleep well. It, oh, I love yeah. that. Sleep Well. And line. all of yeah. the products within this line will yep. have not just THC, but CBN, which is the cannabinoid in the cannabis plant that is really great for sleep. For sleep. Yes. And so we're going to have a blend of products in here that are nanotized THC, which is for the rapid onset for those that have a hard time falling asleep, okay. as well as the distillate THC, which is good for the long acting for those people who find it hard to stay asleep. Okay, good. And the CBN, which is specifically designed for the sleep. So um, we're going to have a whole range of products. Our first one will be launching next month. And um, what our real goal is, is to really, you know, sort of have uh, to own that little category of sleep. And um, given our medicinal slant and doctor in our title. Yeah. You know, we think we can we can go a long way there. So I think you can. That helps people. That does. I mean, that's that's my usage driver. Sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that is exactly. I love that. Can you tell us about what form it's going to come in? So uh, our first product is actually going to be a sleep gummy. And I thought I fought this so hard because, you know, because we're up what against gummies said. day in yeah. and day out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly, we're going to have coconut oil in our gummy, so there will be fat in it. So our, okay. our mantra will continue. Um, but listen, gummies are the number one selling Oh, edible. you got to, yeah, and you're an edible. You, so you we know, figured, you can fight it for so long, right? <laughs> now, we're not going to just do a regular gummy, though. No. It's going to be sleep. And, and so, a fat one. I like that. A fat gummy. Yeah, I like that. A fat gummy. Um, and our next product will be, um, I'm most excited about it because it's going to be in a tin, which I've always wanted to launch a product in a tin. Tin, um, yeah. They're going to be our little vegan brownies, but in tiny, tiny little bites. So um, these will have, it'll be very low dose. So for microdosing or for those that are that don't want to get high, it'll be right. two and a half milligrams of THC and one and a quarter milligrams of CBN per bite. And right. they're just these cute little bites. And for, some people will take one, some people will take two or three, but they're tiny, tiny. So uh, you don't have to worry about the sugar and all that at bedtime. Um, and I think they're going to be hugely popular. Um, and then we're going to do, we may even do... Um, a uh, what do you call it? Um, not a pill, but a a soft gel um, mm-hmm. or a dissolving soft gel for under the tongue. We'll try and have a, a line of of products that appeal to people who want to medicate in various ways. Okay. So um, we may even do a vape, um, which is really out of our normal yeah. lead. Um, but if it's for sleep, it you know. So we'll see. We're the first yeah. two are the gummies and the sleep bites. You'll right? learn a lot. We'll You'll learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see You'll what happens after those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to enter also. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge category and you're and you're entering with a the number one way of consumption. Exactly. Right? Which I exactly. think that's that's a that's a, a huge benefit to what yeah. the results could be. 
And I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Dr. Norms. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. I'm very pleased. We had a great discussion today with Roberta Wilson, co-founder of Dr. Norms. Thank you, Roberta. We wish to have you back at some point very soon. Thank you very Learn, much. It's been so fun. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits. And go take a look. We have 150 past episodes. And just go to CannabisRadio.com. Or, and if you go to CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever, iHeart, Amazon Music, Audible, everywhere, give us a five-star rating. Enjoy our podcast. Follow Protus Global, my company, through our social footprint on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you get your social media, we are there. And finally learn how at Protus Global, we're building companies and we're changing people's lives at ProtusGlobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, cheers.